And we're off, right? Are we recording? That's what that thumbs up sign meant. Yes, sir. Okay, very good. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what you were doing. Uh, this is Ross Miller with Dr. Stephen Bourgeois. This is the old school. A look at contemporary education. Problems, suggestions, rants. We have it all. Wouldn't you agree? I think um, complaining, whining. Vetching, whining, bitching, yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're, we're celebrating success necessarily. And, you know, have we even done that so far? We're, we're really, um, what are we doing? We're criticizing, essentially. We're another voice in the wilderness. <laughs> Beacon of restraint in a world of car crazies. <laughs> I said it before you did. <laughs> I was thinking it, but I didn't say it, so. Well, how are you doing? Um, fine. Yes. Sir. Yes. Um, you rarely ask me that. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Um, why don't we... Uh, we do the show part. for the listeners, not for us, okay? So... Um, well, we're not just going to have, what, what do we call that, playful banter. We're going to get into something a little serious, uh, and it's called faculty meetings. Would that be considered serious? Uh, it's serious, all right. So, <laughs> I don't... Not all the time is it helpful, but it is serious, so. Well, I think I should be fair that I've been on both sides of this. Um, often, it kind of gets into the area of, of training of a mm. faculty and the meeting. Mm. You might argue that there never are meetings. It's more of an information session. True. Um, but the the purpose often is to present information where, at, where you you can't really contain it in an email or a memo. Too much there, too many steps, too many potential questions. So you get everybody together in a room, they wander in and you you start. And eventually it ends, right? Well, I would imagine that as a principal, <clears throat> I would imagine as a principal, I don't have a cough button. We're not that high tech here, but um, I would imagine as a principal, stuff happens every day that you think to yourself, the staff needs to know this. And so you, I think it's an ongoing conversation that school leaders have as to when to do a meeting, how to do a meeting, you know, what can, what can only be said in a meeting uh, in contrast to an email or some other form of um, dispersion of information. But um, I imagine that's an ongoing battle, you know, you know, when and how do you address the faculty? And uh, and then, of course, with every bit of information, even in the information that a staff needs, there is stuff that they don't need to know. And so not only are you walking a balancing act to try to figure out whether to have a faculty meeting, but when you actually are at the faculty meeting, you're walking a separate type rope on what to divulge, what not to divulge, what's in, what's pertinent and what's not. And so um and like you, I have been on both sides of it. Um, perhaps the reason why we're doing this is because of the times when I was on the receiving end of meetings. <laughs> but um, uh, but when I give meetings, it tends to be keeping in mind the former, you know, so. Well, we might jump into that. I, I, I mean, we can look historically. We've had long careers and both of us have taught 25 years and if we added up the number of hours we've, we've sat in meetings, it would be depressing. Uh, yeah, depressing. I was about <laughs> to say substantial, depressing, something like that. Disheartening. Um, 
it, it's difficult for us to you know, talk about you know shared experiences because we don't want to you know, cast aspersions on on our, on our colleagues. But I sure. I, um, I do remember having faculty meetings with Ross Miller, and uh, that's it, me. Yeah, and and it's um, it was always rather entertaining. I look forward to the meetings, not necessarily for the content of the meeting, but watching uh, my good friend and colleague Ross Miller squirm uh, during the meetings. And, and there were, there were two things that that always got my attention. Um, Do tell. Well, um, the first is uh, that, that there was a point in a meeting where Ross basically thought it should be over. We've covered everything. Um, sometimes uh, he was rather direct and, and just would um, say, can I go now? Uh, <laughs> uh, and had a lot of stares because that, that's not protocol. Usually um, the principal will say, okay, we're done. But they don't wait for a single teacher to say, let's get out of here. Um, I was a little raw then, I think, or at least certainly more raw than I am now. So a little, little green around the gills. Um, <laughs> The other um, image I always had, we, we were in a, um, one of these rooms that had you know, a few different doors, uh, definitely two doors that were often open. Um, and I would look up in the meeting and, and say, notice Ross was gone. Mr. Miller was someplace else. Where's Mr. Miller? Um, and then you'd see him walking at one door and then he must be walking around. I don't know what you did out there. And then in a few minutes, he's at the other door. He just kind of appears. He's not in the meeting, but he, he's taking a walk. What went on out there, if I may ask? I have back troubles. I can't sit for long periods of time. You know, I, you know, I got to get up. I got to stretch, stretch my legs, walk around a little bit. I'm listening. I can still hear what's going on, even when I was walking around the room. But uh, that, it probably it. wasn't helpful that I was walking around the room. So, Well, you're, you're communicating. Um, I mean... I don't think anybody knew about the back. I think that sounds like a cheap excuse, actually. <laughs> no, you're, you're pulling the back card again. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I like to think that you were restless and trying to communicate because it did communicate a little tension. Like, are we really still meeting? Well, here's the problem. And, and I will say, to her credit, my current boss is very judicious about calling staff meetings and things of that nature. And she, and, but you and I have both been on the business end of uh, principals who seemingly call meetings so frequently. It does beg the question, how much do you really have to discuss? And, and it usually it fell into two categories. One, it was either, um, well, three categories. One, it was either, that a meeting was going beyond the actual substance of the conversation. Two, the conversation had nothing to do with me. And so therefore I'm sit there left wondering, why am I here? And these great existential questions that pop up in your head as you're sitting there, someone droning at you. But I think the other thing has to do with what is the leader's notion of a meeting? And I think for I think for some school leaders, they, and I, I think I would put my current boss in this category, not just because she might listen, but, but I think my current boss gets it that I think if you try to, if you call too many meetings, then it no longer becomes about whatever it is that you want to say. It becomes uh, a byproduct of you exercising authority. 
And that's where, that's where you can run afoul of the staff, you know, and, and I think our, you know, we, we've had bosses who had an inordinate amount of meetings. And as you once said, I think you told me one time that the right to do something does not make it right to do, you know, just, just because you can have a meeting doesn't mean you should. I like the way you express that, or I express that. That's pretty good, <laughs> actually. I might have to write that down. Um, the To me, the the content of a meeting is less challenging than the way that it's conducted. Um, I think that most of the time, that what needs to be delivered is done relatively quickly, um, supported with technology, often slides, and and the the administrators get through it efficiently. I think it's a best practice to delegate, so you get to see all of those assistant principals front and center doing their thing. Um, that's that's really good for them and their authority, but also uh, it uh, allows the faculty to see them. Uh, but what I've found is when things go south um, is when someone asks the faculty, what do you think? And, and, and so the questions start coming and, and that's, it's almost like being in a college um, seminar or classroom where, where the questions and the comments from the students, or in this case, the faculty, um, are the ones that make you sigh, not necessarily the, the people presenting. What do you think of that? Every faculty knows who is going to ask the dumb question <laughs> or not even the dumb question, but just the question that everyone is thinking, but everyone understands you can't really ask it because it, it either it's not pertinent or nothing good can come from asking a certain question. And so you're just waiting. You're waiting for that hand to go up. You're going to wait for that clearing of a throat. And then everyone just dies a little inside, you know, because you know that that guy or lady has just made a 15 minute meeting, a 25 minute meeting or a 30 minute meeting. And here's the problem about, you know, you talk about asking the staff what they think. And this is one of the problems I have with, you know, some meetings. I think some leaders think that it's a sign of strength that they open the floor to get the thoughts of the staff. And that's not to say that the staff wouldn't have good thoughts. But I think at some point that as a leader, you need to do that. You need to lead, which means you need to sometimes make unilateral decisions. And um, if you don't do that, I think it becomes an act of futility because the more voices that are in the kitchen I probably messed up the metaphor there, um, but totally. I mean, <laughs> hopeless actually, you'll never recover. <laughs> but uh, I think the more, I think the more voices you have, I mean, it just guarantees nothing productive is going to come from it because it goes in too many different directions. Every teacher is coming from a different point of view, darn near, you know? So I, I think it's, I think it's problematic about in, in your right. I mean, there's the information, but then there's how you present the information. And I well, think that's where a lot of trouble ensues. Well, you, you referenced the unwritten rule, I, I guess it's called, whereas you get closer to the end of a meeting, there should be no questions and nobody exactly. should talk because everybody wants to get the heck out of there. And, and so everybody's waiting for that, but, but inevitably someone breaks the unwritten rule 
Um, and worse yet, mm-hmm. the schmuck that asks the question at the end of the meeting, a lot of times it's a question that only pertains to them. This yeah, is what drives this is what drives teachers crazy. That, that's that it, exactly. Um, now um, there are there are different concepts of meetings. You mentioned you know getting teacher input, which is really important, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Exactly. Um, but many school leaders aren't really great at conducting a focus group with. 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 people uh, that, that takes something to manage that and be efficient. Um, I remember early in my career, I think it might've been my first teaching job. This was in Oregon. Um, the teachers ran the faculty meeting. In fact, the principal was not there. And so technically it was a faculty meeting and, and that was rather loud and, and lots of conversations back and forth. Someone took notes and then presented that to the principal. And so that's a you know, whole different dynamic and, and people are being honest. There's a lot of complaining, it's rugged, but, but there's also some insight. But when everybody's there with the, you know, the assistant principals and the faculty and uh, there's a formality to it that, that real conversation doesn't usually happen. And, and that unwritten rule may sometimes actually get in the way of somebody making an important uh, timely point. Well, Unfortunately, I mean, as far as the good meetings go, they're rare, I think. And, and, and I think you're right. I think a lot of, a lot of uh, school leaders lack the knowledge. Do they have, because you, you have overseen and you have been a part of, and you've gone through administrative training. Right. Is this a class? No, there's not a class in, in how to do meetings. Uh, there there probably should be, uh, but no such thing exists. There's a fine line. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of the meetings that you and I have been subjected to and subjected to is the correct phrasing of that. And then when I do a meeting, it's like five, seven minutes, very short on, you know, kind of extemporaneous discussions because I already have it in my mind what we're going to do. Now, if, it, if it's something that truly needs input, then you put that out there beforehand. Okay, listen, I, we're going to talk about this at this meeting. I need you to consider this question, get back to me about what you think, and then I'll present what people thought you know, at the meeting and then make a decision based off of that. But um, probably somewhere in the middle is probably the best way to go. Well, you're talking about your role as a department head, and and for that, at least you have a targeted audience. You know, they're all in, in a single discipline. But imagine yeah. the different needs of, of everybody in a school, mm. and and when they bring up something that relates just to them, uh, it's real easy to tune out. Sure. Um, look at your phone or whatever, grade papers, and I'm I'm sure there's a lot of that happening as well. Um, I can remember the the shortest faculty meeting, and this was at a pretty big. Uh, urban school, uh, the principal called the meeting uh, over the intercom. And I, do you still have intercoms today? They we do, you? yes. Okay. Big loud boxes. I got yeah, those, those always bothered me <laughs> to, to hear, <laughs> hear somebody talking, particularly when they mentioned my name personally. Oh no, what did I do? But um, I can recall the, the faculty kind of walking in there. It was a cafeteria, so a pretty big space. And the principal got everybody together and said he wanted everybody to clap in rhythm. So there was a clap, 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 and it went on for about a minute. It got louder and louder and louder. And, and then we stopped and, and he said, 
you all are doing important work. You're doing a great job. That's it. Head back. And, and that's the end of the day. So it was really a motivational moment that I remember, you know, because that's a, a type of leadership that many today don't show, you know, the just saying that the faculty is important and they have that experience and then go back. And right. it had a very positive effect on me, at least. You know, I think the other part, the other issue of this, and you have those instance, instances of principals and school leaders that get it right. But you also take with a certain grain of salt any anecdotal testimony regarding when a school leader does it wrong. Because if there is a bigger bunch of complainers uh, than teachers, I don't know who they would be. I mean, teachers are the kind of people that would get upset if you were giving away free ice cream in the cafeteria. You know, <laughs> someone, well, I usually only eat strawberry. Why do they only have vanilla? You know, it's, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's just enough. Again, you die a little inside every time. I just, and, and that's the, that's one of the problems with the, what do y'all think portion of the meeting? Because there are just some people that are just wired to complain about nothing. You know, and so, and, and that's what you end up stuck with. You don't get that guy that you ran into in your early in your career. That's few and far between. And what makes it worse is that these are the same folks who are in charge of your training. Well, teachers have some specific needs. I, I think I've having known a lot of them. Uh, number one, they, they need things to be consistent. So they don't like change. And anytime that there's change, it's always thought as something negative from the start. And then you almost have to convince them, them to the contrary. Um, they don't want to do anything that will take additional time from them because they're, they're already very busy. So you ask them to do anything additional, you know, you're probably going to get a, you know, not a positive response. And, and then maybe you can convince them. Um, but the other thing about teachers is when something affects their job, um, they want to be involved in that decision. And, and we're talking about something specific maybe to a department or a discipline. But the the bigger issue is that some of these things that come up are campus-wide, you know, right. almost beyond the scope of a teacher. And so there, uh, I would say you, you give an informational session and you don't take suggestions, but you ask, does it, uh, do we need, were we clear? Um, and I think that that's probably enough. So maybe that's a, a, another you know, it's a nuanced thing, you know, the faculty meeting, but in a way it's a public sign of something. Um, I like watching the assistant principals, you know, in that, in those meetings, because you get to see where the leaders are. The ones who are more prominent in those meetings tend to become principals very soon. And so it's a way for leadership to emerge. Uh, the person in tra charge of textbooks probably is going to be in charge of textbooks for, for 30 years because they, they give that little speech, but they're not getting into the bigger uh, issues. So it's, it's, it's instructive to watch. Do you think that there is indeed a good training ground for vice principals today on leadership, or do you think this is more about management? Well, uh, that, I mean, leadership and management certainly are, are different. Indeed. Um, um, vice principals get hands-on experience. Um, they also have a, a built-in mentor so I think the process isn't isn't bad, but but to be a, a leader is a little bit different because when you're in that room, 
and you close the door and, and get the complaints from parents and from, from teachers, you know, you almost have to experience that, you know, to, to appreciate it mm. um, because there's nothing like it. And to be a, a teacher or even a, an assistant principal, you're not making the, the final decision often. And, and there's a lot of weight to that. I, I, I would expect for anybody, not just in, in, in schools, but any type of leader. And certainly nowadays, I mean, not, and again, I, th- I think anything we say on this topic has to be done with the caveat that we're not necessarily talking about right now, because I think right now has created a greater demand of leadership on school personnel and on school um, uh, authorities because of the extra added pressure and demands of COVID and dealing with that. You know, I, I remember when it first came out, I thought to myself, you know, we have a we have a pretty we have a pretty good uh, superintendent. So I mean, certainly fairly polished one who has kind of risen up through the ranks. Um, but I don't think anyone would expect that he would have to make the kind of decisions that he, that he has had to make over the last year. I mean, that typically falls outside the purview of a superintendent. And so uh, and that's where the leadership is required more than anything else. You know, um, and so I think um, I think you're right. I think it is a kind of a distinct difference about what you're asking of people and what they need, and them to be able to withstand the onslaught from all sides. So, are you doing virtual meetings now or face to face? Because you're on campus every day. What happens with the with the faculty meetings now? It depends. I mean, they, there is a room where we can meet. And if people want to uh, be there in person, they can. Otherwise, they can join the meeting virtually. So it's it's either one. Well, I, I remember the the first time that a faculty meeting was conducted by video, and it wasn't like a Zoom. This was kind of pre-Zoom, I guess. Mm. But the the principal recorded a video um, message, and it was all those points from the from the faculty meeting that were scheduled, but she said, well, we're just going to do this um, virtually. And so she got, she was on the screen. We hit play and watched it. It was about 10 minutes. And my initial thought was, wow, you know, that, that was one of the better faculty meetings I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) It it was short and sweet and, and, and asynchronous. Right. We didn't have to listen at the exact same time. Um, so I, I would say that you know, with the technology, some good things come out of COVID. Sure, um, and, and a lot of it has to do with organization. But but maybe the concept of a meeting is is changing now, and 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 it doesn't lend itself to sixty teachers in a cafeteria. But I think we will go back to that, if for no other reason, but it's a sign that things are progressing. Okay, and because you know, whether, you know, whatever it is that we're not doing now, but rather doing digitally, I, I think any move to kind of go back to how we did things will be a sign. Hey, things are getting better. Look, we're having 60 people in a, in a cafeteria talking about God knows what, you know? So I, I think people will see that as a positive sign. They won't necessarily think to themselves, was it better on zoom? I, I I can't imagine many things being better on Zoom, but perhaps that's one of them. I don't know. But um, I think that we'll know when, when we are back for real, when there's that those six, 
60 teachers in the room and, and then there's Ross Miller outside by the, by the door. <laughs> wandering like I said, around. I've gotten better about that. So, uh, Well, I'm glad. I, I think your principle is better. The other thing you did, I didn't mention Indeed. this earlier, um, and this is a, a relatively small group, so, so you were relatively conspicuous. Um, imagine 10 or 12 teachers and, and Mr. Miller. Um, you would actually slap your legs. Yes, time to get up. Yeah, I mean it was it was like this cue, and nobody got up. But you slapped your legs, like okay, that's it. Did that ever work? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I, and I that. and I can't say I was doing it consciously, but you did it um, every time we had a meeting. Well, you know what the problem was is I just didn't respect, you know, the folks in charge of that scene there. What? Well, I mean, it's why well, I respected them, but I mean, it's like not so much the first person, but certainly the second person. I mean, there was problems and it just, you know, you know, how, how do you address them? And, you know, and if you, if you feel like your time is being wasted, I mean, nothing ticks you off more than feeling your time is being wasted, you know? Um, but at the same time, you just have to kind of sometimes fight through that sort of, sort of thing. Yes. You have to stomach it. So. Well, sometimes in, in those very meetings, I was presenting. I was on the other side, of it, and you were you, you were in there, and and I I don't remember if you appeared outside the doors or slapped your legs when I was conducting a meeting. Do you recall? I can't imagine that I would. I mean, again, I think you had a better sense of how to do that than than the other folks that were doing it. So, well, it's it's all about timing and mixing in a a, a joke now and then, maybe. Um, <laughs> but what about training? I mean, how, is there is is there kind of a fast hard rule on how you do training to make it worthwhile, or is it is it, does everyone just have to kind of understand that we have to click chick check chick? Good God, I can't talk. That we have to click boxes, or check boxes, whatever you do with boxes. We just have to do that, and everyone has to kind of understand that. We just kind of fight through it, and then we go about our day after it's over. I think the the idea of group trainings uh, has changed a little bit. Um, a lot of bigger districts now have uh, professional learning opportunities that are pretty targeted, and, and, and so you sign up for them, and, and it's based on what you need. But right. there are still school-wide things. You know, you need CPR training or whatever where everybody does Blood, it. Bloodborne pathogen training or... Yeah, bloodborne pathogens. Um, but um, often the people who lead professional development are vendors. You know, people mm. from the outside who come in, and, and the worst is, is when they do these kind of sessions where they like to do a presentation and then they send people out into little groups. Remember, and then you get a little piece of butcher paper, and somebody's the secretary, somebody's going to talk, and you write down your little list um, and and try to get everybody involved, and then somebody is forced to go stand next to that list and read out, share out to the to the group, and you know I hated that more than about anything in my teaching career. And then you, you paste it on the wall and then everyone gets to see it and everyone looks around, you know, okay, now everyone go check out what other people did. And it's just like, it's like your fifth circle of hell. You know, you feel like Dante just suffering internally. So it's just, well, it's horrible. I, I can think of another thing that I hated equally. And in, in those same 
meetings often, you know, the, and this didn't come from the school. It often came from the vendors. They brought some bling, you know, some things to give away. And so they would, to keep teachers interested, they would go, go all out in extrinsic and they would have little raffles <laughs> where they, uh, you know, you, you get a, a few of these raffle tickets and, and they would yell out the names and someone would say, Oh, I won and get up there and get a prize. And, you know, it, it happened, you know, throughout there to keep the teacher's attention. And, and for me, I hated it. And I, I mean, I'll say it now. I, I didn't want to win. I didn't want to be somebody who would you know, go up there and, and celebrate, like, let's make a deal. And you run down. The- <laughs> uh, so I would take those, those little things and, and without anybody looking uh, surreptitiously, I'd, I'd play some in my pocket and then right. I wouldn't have to worry about winning. And I never looked. And there was sometimes an awkward <laughs> silence there and, and they couldn't believe that nobody would get their ticket, but I hated that also. <laughs> Well, it's just, you know the the idea, the idea that they would use that as a as a means to motivate people. I always liked the training sessions that talked about how you shouldn't lecture, and they did the training and lecture format, and um, and that all, I always found to be a bit comical. So it's it's uh, and then of course we talked about last week for those of you who have not heard our exciting expose on whatever we talked about last week. It was great. It was great. It's one of the finest things we've ever done. But um, talking about the idea of giving away Skittles as opposed to M&Ms or whatever the case may be, we've been to some pretty atrocious training sessions and, you know, teachers just have to deal with it, you know, and it's just one, you know, every, now we're sitting here complaining about training. It should be noted. Every profession has got something that they have to deal with in stomach. This is just our burden, you know. Yeah, I do think a lot of this applies to, to other businesses. Um, mm. They should they should be listening to us um, as well. Mm. Um, I will give you a, I gave you one example of a great faculty meeting that was where the people applauded and the principal said, "You're um, okay. You're take off now." That was it. Um, another one was a full day um, professional development. And, and and somebody came in, don't sigh yet, because you, you'll like this one. Yeah. Um, they they brought in 60 mats, mats that you can lie down on. <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding. And so the, the this was the actually the morning session. And okay. so the, the teachers would lay out the mats, and they asked us to lie on our backs or anywhere we were comfortable. And then the, the leader of this training did, you know, the, you know, your, your ankles are getting relaxed and then, you know, and eventually it was, and they said, you can fall asleep if you want, you don't have to. And these are teachers who are really tired. So everybody was sleeping for about four hours. <laughs> on mats. So I think that clearly is at the very top. And then in the afternoon they said, I think you all need to go to your classrooms now and get prepared for, you know, for the school year. So, um, and there was lunch in between. So it was actually a perfect day uh, for teachers. That's a very clever school leader right there. I'll tell you what, um, it, it was actually the same one uh, who did the motivational clapping. So yeah, he was, he was a winner. I hope for teacher's sake, that guy's still working. Um, it, it could, it could be, um, Man. but yeah, he, he, he knew what he was doing. Um, but he would also berate teachers publicly. So he wasn't afraid of, afraid of having hard conversations. Um, but maybe it came down to the idea that he honored teachers uh, as professionals. It felt like that. I think uh, as far as my boss goes, uh, very nice person. Uh, 
but also very competent when it comes to the idea of meetings. And I think she understands that the kiss of death from her position and in regards to her interaction with her teachers is anything that is perceived as a waste of time. As you say, you know, the idea of time is probably the most cherished item that teachers demand and want. And so, um, and of course she was different and this whole district that I'm teaching in now is different from places that I've been to before because places I've been to before, you know, principals would have a meeting at the drop of a hat, but it's always been this way at the school and particularly with the current, uh, the current crowd in charge that, you know, if it's not absolutely necessary to meet, we turn teacher days into preparatory days where they can prepare and, you know, get ready for the next week. And man, can you ask for anything better? I, mean, I don't, I can't imagine you could. So that's really the the tension always is, is the, Teachers, for very good reasons, want to be someplace else. They have they have a lot of work to do, and mm-hmm. you know, so this better be it better be good, and and often it is, but a lot of times, as as we've said today, it isn't. And it doesn't help if you are an administrator and you start the meeting by saying, admitting, "Listen, I know you guys are very very busy," and then proceed to take something for like four hours. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's 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 almost worse. It's, it would be better if you just totally disregarded the teachers altogether, then subjected them to a four-hour meeting, then to say, listen, I know you're all busy, and then proceed on a four-hour trip to hell is basically what it turns into. And so I think in general, you shouldn't do preambles. It's kind of like <laughs> the, the story about the Skittles for incentivizing history. The, the preamble was, we all know history is boring, uh, and then... Then it went south immediately. Morons. We had morons on our team. <laughs> uh, we, we need to bring that example up often because it's, yes. um, it's been Those, eating at us for years. Um, Mr. Miller, you're just Those people wrote, need to be shamed. Yeah, I think so. I know. It's crazy. But those people need to be shamed. And I, I can't remember their name to do it properly, but I'm, I'll bring it up often, This the situation. so. Well, I guess that does fall under professional development um, not necessarily faculty meeting but that that was a good example of, sure. of what not to do i guess um i think we're winding down here we've, we've covered, sorry, yeah. covered some things um, including faculty meetings and and you were i guess incredulous when i brought that up as a topic you said what are you going to do tell stories about me walking around the room and i said absolutely and sure enough there you go so yeah i couldn't wait um i I will own it i will own it i was probably at times i was not very mature i wasn't acting very mature you you were squirrely i was i still am i I can't stand sitting still for long periods of time i just take a bore peen hammer (laughs) thermometer into your ear you know (laughs) i don't know what bore peen is is that really a word yes i learned it from that skit on saturday night live so that's good but anyway well well, you've kind of confessed that your earlier comment about having a sore back was not the case no i do have a sore back i I got i got i guess i i treated myself physically rather poorly as a, as a youngster as a younger man and now i'm paying for it i'm old i'm fat and i got a bad back so so that's why you wander around faculty rooms yeah uh, i used now i just kind of just stand in the back of the room yeah okay. 
very stoically, but in a very dignified sort of way. So, <laughs> and, and, and by standing, you're not going to have the opportunity to slap your legs. Exactly. Yeah, um, I was like that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we say goodbye, Herr Doctor Bourgeois? I think so. I'll, I'll I'll say it first this time. I'll say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Herr Miller. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Herr Doctor Bourgeois.